there's not a ton of options to go into the Hall of Fame as a, as a broadcaster or somebody who isn't involved in the game, but there's one name out there. We're going to discuss Mel Kuyper today, what his actual chances are of that, as well as reviewing USC and how they've changed just in these last few short months. All today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy. He's at Ryan Tracy NFL on Twitter and we got our guy Rob Rang with us at Rob Rang on Twitter. And of course, you can follow me as well at Eric underscore Crocker. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day and get into some good stuff here and talk about the Godfather, the pioneer of draft talk, Mel Kuyper. Does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? I'm kind of leaning towards yes, but I want to hear Rob Rang's thoughts on this first. Well, I think anytime we're talking about the Hall of Fame, I think that we just have to stop for a moment and just kind of acknowledge the greatness that it requires to be even mentioned with the Hall of Fame, uh, you know. But uh, but yeah, I, I think just to kind of be quick about it, I, I do think that that Mel Kiper, uh, you know, deserves to be in that conversation. As far as once the once the the Pro Football Hall of Fame decided to go with another section that was focusing on members of the media then I think just considering the contributions that Mel Kuyper Jr. has made to the, the NFL draft as a whole, and let's face it, if you are an NFL draft enthusiast listening or watching our, our podcast here in, in late June, early July, then, then you're hardcore. I mean, we're, we're probably preaching to the choir here, but you know, just all of the different levels of expertise, the levels of argument that, that Mel Kuyper Jr. has been able to provide on that wonderful weekend in late April, sometimes in early May, uh, covering the NFL draft over the last you know, 20, 30, 40 years. It really has been a joy to watch. And I don't know that there's very many people in media who have had the impact on the NFL package as a whole, as Mel Kuyper Jr. has, and just his domination of uh, the media coverage from NFL draft in the spring. Now, there are some others, and I, I'm going to kind of expand upon a couple other uh, other members of the media who I do think that deserve this type of, of acknowledgement, but I think that Mel Kuyper Jr. absolutely deserves um, a, a portion of that media membership of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, when uh, a big game happens, a big play happens, and they, and they take the ball or they take a, the clot of dirt from that play and they put it in there and make a special display, I think they should do that with Mel and at least with the quaff of hair. I think that you should have a special display just for the hair. But to add him to the Hall of Fame, I'm going to buck the trend with you guys. There's no way. Uh Uh-uh. Because if you're going to be a media member, you're going to contribute to the game. You're there to entertain and educate the audience. That's what broadcasters do. Mel puts out his own opinions and derives everyone else, as he should. That's, That's his role. He is a debater. He is an evaluator. But that, I don't think, qualifies for me to be like the educational part. Like you're not lifting the game. You're not involved. He doesn't call ball games. This is a draft specific piece. And quite frankly, 
I think it's great for drumming up media and interest, but I don't consider that the same as, as a John Madden in the booth or, or him in Summerall and those kind of things as, as those guys that, that actually took the game from on the field and put it into households and made it the game that it is today, or at least helped guide it that way. So that, that's the only reason. Nothing against Mel. I'd love to sit down and have a debate with him, but no. I have a little pushback there because I feel like he kind of changed the game and how the college football game is covered, whether it's just with his opinions or how draft coverage is in general. I think a lot of the platforms that people have now are kind of built on the style of Mel Kuyper, whether you want to be better than Mel Kuyper, but people weren't doing it like him. You know, we've heard the stories about how he kind of got started and some of the general managers and people calling him out like, who is this Mel Kuyper guy, right? But I think that adds to the legend of him and the fact that, 20 years later, 30 years later, how long is 40 years later, however long it's been, I feel like you, you kind of have to show a little love to a pioneer like that. So it is tough because it's like, well, he didn't play ball. He just talks ball. But I think he started something that's really big. And really, I mean, as we know right now, the draft is the biggest part of the football season. I think it's just as big or almost as big as the actual Super Bowl. Right. What other day outside of a Super Bowl did people look forward to it? As a matter of fact, the people might look more forward to the draft than they actually do the Super Bowl because there's only two teams played in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but everybody has an interest in the NFL draft and the numbers prove it over and over. Basketball, I just saw their draft the other day. I didn't even know it was on. I didn't even set aside any time to go watch it. The NFL draft, we definitely do. And I think it's because of guys like Mel Kuyper. That's a really good point. And you, you mentioned the word pioneer there, Eric. And so just like you're kind of pushing back on Ryan, and I, I would agree with that pushback. Uh, I'm going to push back a little bit on, on your use of the word pioneer there. I think if we're going to have the word pioneer there, there there's two people who I just have to kind of mention. Um, certainly the late, great Joel Bushbaum and, and the work that, that he did for, for years, as well as the late, great Dave T. Thomas, another very talented uh, just evaluator. Um, but I, I'd also mention a, a publisher, um, Frank Cooney, who I, in full disclosure here, gentlemen, I, I had the opportunity to work for Frank um, as part of the sports exchange and, and sports exchange and NFL draft scout for a long time there. But, you know, one of the things that Ryan just mentioned, and I think was a really good point. Um, about the fact that Mel Kuyper hasn't really changed the game in a way. He hasn't educated his listeners or viewers in a way. And, and that would be one of the things that I would argue that, that Frank did, um, you know, 30 plus years um, with the, the, the sports exchange, NFL draft scout, San Francisco examiner as well, covered the San Francisco 49ers, the, the Oakland and the Los Angeles uh, uh, Raiders for, for all their, their, high, their uh, championship years as well. Um, the, the familiarity, the, the work with the late great Bill Walsh, for example, with NFLDraftScout.com, that was the, the original iteration of, uh, of that, uh, that, that Draft Scout website that, again, I had the opportunity to work with. Um, the work with the, the late great John Madden as well. I mean, it, it's Frank's rankings as well as with Brian Hitterman, who currently works with DraftScout.com. Um, but it was their rankings that actually 
were the, the the predecessors that kind of set up those Madden rankings that we've all played the Madden football game, um, you know, and 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 all of those rankings in terms of the the, the speed, the the quickness, the power. I mean, those were Frank's rankings originally, um, and and you just consider the the contributions that he's made to to Fox, to NFL.com, to Lindy's, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, the NFL, the official NFL Combine transcripts are still run through Frank and in, in his his website. So I, I just think that when you look at the, the total breadth of all the different things that different members of the media have contributed to the NFL draft specifically, then I think we certainly have to acknowledge Mel Kuyper Jr. Uh, but I also think that Frank Cooney and, and there's a couple of others, as I mentioned, Bushbaum and Dave T. Thomas being others, that, that really deserve some acknowledgement. And one, one last thing real quick on, on, on Frank's website. I mean, just for those fans out there, if I just mention a bunch of names that you've never heard of, and I, I you know, I, I certainly acknowledge that. Then I, again, I've had the pleasure of working with Frank at NFLDraftScout.com and some of the people who I work with, Dane Brugler, of course, and his, uh, you know, his success here with The Athletic, uh, Josh Norris at, at uh, NBC, and he's gone elsewhere since. Um, Chad Ryder, who's like with a decade now with NFL.com. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Dave T. Thomas, Mike DiGiulio, now the scout with the New Orleans Saints. I mean, he was uh, he was one of our interns. Um, you know, <laughs> there, there's just so many different people out there. I, I mentioned the superstar of the bunch previously with, with Brian Hitterman. I mean, his rankings are still purchased by NFL teams out there uh, at DraftScout.com. I mean, there, there's just we talk so much about when they have great head coaches and the coaching tree below them, the, 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 the scouting tree that Frank Cooney established is pretty impressive as well. Yeah. Josh Norris. I had a chance to meet him while I was in New York last week. So shout out to Josh Norris. He's actually working with underdog fantasy. One of the sponsors of uh, one of my Very shows, good. but uh, Chick Hearns, another guy, he's a sports broadcaster that is in the hall of fame. I don't know if that's going to help Mel Kuyper, but I'm excited to see that. Another thing that I'm excited to see is USC and kind of what's going on there. We're going to dive into this program. Have they turned things around? Are they making football more important in California? We're going to talk about that and much more coming up next. But first, we want to let you know about rockauto.com and how this show is brought to you by Rock Auto. All right. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local auto chain parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure pointless and seamless intimidating questioning about the car that you have when people are just ordering the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands that they happen to carry in their warehouse. You have computers, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Listen, go here first. Don't make the mistake that I made today. Going to the local car dealership. They're trying to charge me and my wife $400 to install this part that went broken on her defroster. No, Go to Rock Auto so you can get it much cheaper and you're going to save time and money as well. All right, why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% on the same auto part chain store or dealership? We can go to Rock Auto, which is, uh, you know, they're serving families that do it themselves for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and they have something for everyone, whether you need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. All right, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And right in there, uh, right locked on in there, how did you hear about us? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. 
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now for April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024. We want to thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, you got Locked On 49ers with myself, Brian Peacock. You got Locked On Chiefs with my guy, Ryan Tracy here. And you got Locked On Seahawks with my guy, Rob Rang, who contributes to that show as well. And all kind of other shows across the Locked On platform. But now, man, we're going to talk about some USC football. And I had this discussion with some people the other day on social media, on Twitter. And I've kind of felt this way for a while. Football in California has not been important. It's not been important to the communities. There are small, small pocket of people who really care. But in the sense of the programs and the backing, right, some of what we see from what they do in the South, right, me living in Arkansas now, I get firsthand just sight at exactly what's going on here. They love their football. Their football is everything. You go through and you drive to, I was driving to Atlanta, and what do I drive through? Tuscaloosa. There is nothing around Tuscaloosa except for when you get there, it's all about the Alabama Crimson Tide. All right? You don't have that in California. You don't have that feeling. Do we think that maybe Lincoln Riley can kind of change that? Because right now we're seeing a lot of guys transferring over to USC, some big high-profile high players. Some, they're getting transfers in there. They're getting these commits. Is Lincoln Riley changing how USC is viewed? It certainly feels so from my end, and I am living over here on the West Coast up here in Seattle. And, uh, you know, for a long time there, it has been kind of a battle. I mean, USC, of course, was a was a powerhouse in the Pac-8, the Pac-10, even now in the Pac-12. Um, but it did feel like the the University of Washington's, the University of Oregon's, University of Utah's were, were basically kind of transferring everything a little bit more north a little bit more east of course and in the coat in, in the case of utah um and, and really had kind of changed the game in the pac-12 but once lincoln riley signed with usc the fact that we now have i think it's 15 maybe 16 different transfers um taking advantage of the, of the transfer protocol um that is now is allowed by the ncaa i mean my goodness the the, the it's been seismic I mean, just the, the transfer of power in the Pac-12. I think that USC now looks like the absolute powerhouse in, in the Pac-12. They are going to make the Pac-12 much more of a contender from a national perspective. And do I think that necessarily they can play at the line of scrimmage with the big boys that the Croc was just talking about that are out in the South? No. I think that is still a huge area of concern. But in terms of putting butts in seats, in terms of scoring points, um, then certainly Lincoln Riley and the dynamic offense that he had with Oklahoma Sooners. And you look at what uh, they just brought in with all of those transfers, uh, you know, the, not the least of which is the, the Blitnikoff award-winning wide receiver, Jordan Addison, a couple of, of Sooners uh, that, that Riley coached as well. 
uh, you know, I mean, my goodness, I think that USC is ready to hit the ground running and really instill a lot more excitement in the L.A., uh, you know, platform, which, of course, is also hosting the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. But kind of going back to your point, Croc, when you go into California, same kind of thing. It's the L.A. Rams are big right now. They just won the Super Bowl. But at the same time, it's still USC and everything else. Yeah. And they're going to have to continue to do that. And a big problem that I've had with Pac-12 in general is just getting those big-time coaches that are going to really help with the recruiting and things like that. But you got to pony up some big-time money to do that. And they finally did that with Lincoln Riley. And it sounds like his contract is ridiculous. Do you think that's what's going to help ultimately put uh, USC over the top, Ryan? You know, I think the whole environment is good now. Like you said, Rob, just having the Super Bowl champion there, it is about coaches at every level. Sean McVay is still a force in the NFL because of who he is and his personality. I think Lincoln's the same way. And I know it feels like it's different. It's not that different. When you take it back a little bit, and and Croc, I'm not going to make you feel young, but you should feel young. Because when you go back, we saw it with Chip Kelly and Eugene. We saw it with Pete Carroll when he was at SC in the last heyday. We saw it with Don James back in the day when I was getting out of high school. Sorry, didn't mean to tell everybody that. Never mind. Uh, but like, it's been eras, right? And it is that that gravity that a coach of that kind of caliber brings. And it's not just the quarterback. You should be able to pull your quarterback from Oklahoma with you at SC. It shouldn't be much of a problem, but it's everything else that comes with it. And that kind of gravitational pull, I think, is what builds programs and makes you what the SCs of old did, the UW back in the 90s, like that whole thing. That's what I think is the center of all that you nailed it, Croc. It is about the coach. And I think as much as people want to say they're not sure if Lincoln Riley can live up to that, I think he's proven already he's going to give it the best shot that anybody's given it since Pete Carroll. And I think it's going to work out. Just this volume of talent that's coming there right now, I think it's only going to get bigger, especially with the Rams' success as well. You know, coming up next, I want to dive into a little bit what's going to go on there with the players that they're getting and the expectations of USC. All right, we're going to talk about that and much more next. But first, let's talk about BetOnline.net and how it is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs that finally are finished. All right, Stanley Cup Finals done. All right, but Major League Baseball, that's definitely still going on. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check all of your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head over right now to their website to use their mobile device to learn more about the trends and action going on at BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Rob. Let's talk a little bit about some of the players that they've gotten in. You mentioned Jordan Addison, and, you know, they got Williams to come over from Oklahoma with their coach, uh, Lincoln Riley. Are those players, along with the other guys that they've been able to get in there, enough to really help kind of put them in contention and, one, win the Pac-12, but also maybe make a college football playoff? 
I think that they are. Um, and you mentioned Williams from Oklahoma as a transfer with Lincoln Riley. I mean, which one? You've got Caleb Williams, the quarterback. You've got Mario Williams, the wide receiver. They hooked up for two touchdowns in the in the spring game uh, for USC. And Lincoln Riley's, you know, kind of official, uh, you know, first impression that he had on USC fans. I mean, it was a record. There was 35,000 people who went to a spring game. I mean, my goodness. That Talk about the just the level of excitement that is being generated uh, by the head coach. And again, I mean, you have basically, you know, 15, 16 different transfers. I, I think, that, again, Jordan Addison obviously is going to get a great deal of attention and for good reason. I mean, what his production at, at Pittsburgh a year ago, he was primarily a slot receiver. Um, I, I think that when you look at just the touch down the field that Caleb Williams possesses, then I think that it's really easy to imagine that Jordan Addison um, he's similarly built to some of the wide receivers that we've seen really be successful for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, like a Marquise Brown, for example. Um, I, I think that we can see very similar type of statistics for uh, Addison this upcoming season, why he is likely to be, if not the very first wide receiver off the board, then certainly among the first wide receivers off the board in 2023 class. Again, Caleb Williams, really excited about him. Romeo Williams, one of a couple of big wide receivers that USC signed. They stole one from University of Washington in Terrell Bynum, a guy 6'1", 200 pounds, and yet is running in the four threes and is absolutely yoked. So it's not just Addison. It's Williams. It's Bynum. It's uh, kid, Kevin Carter uh, that they, they have as well, who is a really talented receiver also. Uh, you know, so, again, USC is absolutely loaded at the wide receiver position. And it's not just receiver. That's the thing. Everybody wants to talk about the wide receivers and the passing game. And I, I get that. I think there's going to be some Pac-12 fans out there who are going to remember the running back, Travis Dye from Oregon. He is going to bring some physicality, some downhill running style to USC's offense as well. They got the, the transfer from Stanford, uh, Austin Jones, who scored a touchdown in, in, the, uh, in the, the spring game. But for all of those guys, it's actually a couple of defenders that I think is what might make USC a little bit more of a contender now. Uh, again, I, I think you can just kind of run away with points and possibly compete to be the Pac-12 champion. But if you want to compete with the big boys and actually win a national champion, a national championship, USC has 11. Uh, if they want a 12th one, I think they're going to have to get bigger and stronger on defense. And so I, I'm really excited about one of the linebackers they got. Uh, actually, a couple of them. R Romello Height from Auburn. Uh, they get Shane Lee from Alabama. Shane Lee, Shane Lee, a couple of years ago, I mean, he was, as a true freshman, was uh, a freshman All-American at Alabama, was second on the team in tackles. I mean, this is for a national title contending Alabama Crimson Tide. Now he's coming to USC. USC has, has a, a truly difference-making linebacker since, what, Keith Rivers, you know, Ray Malauga? I mean, we're talking a long time ago. Um, and, and so that's exactly, exactly, you know, Clay Matthews. I mean, those types of guys, but we're talking about a decade or more in most cases, USC and truly difference-making linebackers. Again, Shane Lee uh, from Alabama, Romello Height. Um, and, and then one of the guys that I'm really excited about the, is the late transfer um, is the kid from Arizona State um, who, again, I, I just think that, 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 USC, the the, trend, the the amount of talent that they're bringing in to uh, to the Trojans, I really think is you used the word before, Ryan seismic or seismic, and uh, you know just 
game changing. It, it really is that. I, I think that we are going to see a dramatic change of power in, in college football, and it's going to start at USC. I'm glad you mentioned Austin Jones. I think the key that, that tells me uh, people are leaving programs in the Pac-12 to go play for Lincoln Riley. And one of them is uh, Austin Jones, obviously leaving Shaw and his program. That, that's significant. But you also get Blackman coming over from CU. I think that could be something that pays off as well. I didn't get to watch a ton of him, but I liked what I saw early. And then I'm very intrigued by uh, McCutcheon, the trouble McCutcheon, uh, another corner that's from Oklahoma. But when you get guys moving around the Pac-12 just to come play for you, I think that says a lot about just what that coach is, is able to offer you and what the players believe that program is going to turn into. And not only is he getting players to move around the Pac-12, he got my guy, Raleigh Brown, you see, I got my Edison hats. If you're watching on YouTube right now, tune in on YouTube, locked on NFL draft. Got my Edison hats back there. I coached Raleigh Brown when he was a freshman and sophomore at Edison before he transferred over to modern day. Terrific athlete, the best athlete that I've ever uh, had the pleasure of being able to coach. And of course, we're talking about a guy who's a five star player, but he was committed originally to Oklahoma, flipped on there and went to USC with Lincoln Riley. I'm expecting big things. We talk about Die and some of these other running backs they have. I think that Raleigh might be the kind of the wild card in that, see if he can get on the field as a true freshman. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, of course, you got Locked On Chiefs. You got Locked On 49ers. You got Locked On Seahawks. And you got plenty of Locked On episodes across this entire platform. But until next time, we'll see y'all. Peace.